Guess what, guys? We're not doctors. No, we are not. So if you're going to be making any major medical decisions, please consult your doctor. That includes diets, surgeries, and exercise. We love you guys. And we want you to continue to be in our OSLP family forever. So be careful and consult your doctor. Yeah. Yeah. We just got our blood work done. Yeah, we did. And our doctors asked us, what are we doing to have such great blood work? Yeah. And you know what we told them? ProCare. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. We told them like, yeah, we take ProCare every day because they have a multivitamin that you can just take one a day. Yes, exactly. They have a capsule and a chewable form. And not only do they have vitamins, but they also have calcium Calcium chews. Oh, my God. They're so good. They're so delicious. It's like our own little sweet treat for the end of the night. It really is because they have the dark chocolate and they have the cinnamon roll. Yes. And I love the salted caramel and the dinner mint. All righty. We'll go to ProCareNow.com and use code OSLP at checkout to save some money. You guys ask us all the time, what is our favorite protein powder? Yeah, literally, we see this question every day. And the answer is always devotion. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I even use it this morning to make my own sweet treat for nighttime because it's just a a brownie batter pudding. And you literally just use one scoop and then milk or water. And then I use it every morning in my profi. It's so delicious. Oh, my God. I want one right now thinking of it. Seriously, it's 20 grams of protein. So go get yours now at DevotionNutrition.com. And use code OSLP to save some money. You are listening to our Sleeve Life podcast, and this is Kelly. This is Maha. And uh, as as we always like to start, we always like to pinpoint you to go to patreon.com forward slash OSLP because not only do you get to support the best podcast out there. That's right. Just saying. Ember. Uh, Ember. Um, You also, if you pick the Benchies tier, which Mm -hmm. is, it's the winner's bench tier. That's right. You get to become part of our exclusive Benchies on Facebook. We have a group that is all for our people over there and it is a really cool group i know we got over a hundred people over there Mm -hmm. it's pretty freaking cool and we literally just talk shop all day so the good the bad the struggles like it's not only that it's like the the cool thing from today was somebody posted a picture of their wedding dress yeah in there and so we got to see their wedding dress for the first time before anybody else. Right. So, it's so privileged. It's yeah, it's yeah. really cool because we get to meet all of these amazing people and hear their incredible stories. And not only that, but we also get to hear their struggles and help and as a group help, help each them other. Through. Yeah. It's so, very, very important. Yes. So yeah. So the benches are freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. So if you want to do that, it's seven dollars. A ten dollar tier is one of my favorites because they get exclusive videos of me and you. Correct. Yeah. They do. And they get not only exclusive videos, mm-hmm. but episodes where we yeah. have fondly named it. That's what she said, Corner. Yes, we did. And that name came from the Benchies. Yes, they got to name it. So that's yes. what's cool is like when you're in Patreon, like you get to literally help us cultivate the podcast. Mm-hmm. And we got to name a whole segment. Like how yes. fun is that? Yes. And we yeah. talk about not only weight loss surgery in that segment, but we talk about our daily lives. So you yes. get to know more about us. 
beyond what weight loss surgery brings all to the our goofy world. Shit all of the goofy <laughs> shit that we deal with on a daily basis. Seriously, yes. seriously. And you actually get your videos of this um, 10 days early. So mm-hmm. because they actually post on YouTube, which is on your phone. Click on it right now while you're listening. It's already there. Type in our sleep life podcast on YouTube. Hit subscribe and the bell. It means way more to us than you. Um, We're trying to hit that thousand mark and Mm -hmm. we're getting real freaking close. Really close. How fun would it be if you're the thousands? Thousands. 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 God, that's a tongue twister. Um, Um, Subscriber on there. Yeah, it'd be really rad. So go over there and do that. um, And and that is a free way to support us. Yeah. So you don't, it doesn't cost you a dime. Yep. Just a notification that, hey, your girls are here. Click of the button. Yeah. And literally, you get videos from season two all the way up through five. Six is going to start in July. Like, it's crazy. And there's live reviews over there. There's workouts over there. There's plenty of shit for you guys to look at. So, yep. Um, And then, as you guys all know, I suffer from three autoimmune diseases. It's stupid. I hate it. (laughs) But it is a part of my life and it is a part of my journey that brought me to weight loss surgery, which is weird to think about that I'm actually grateful for my autoimmune diseases. <laughs> I've never heard you say that because before. Because it brought me to this point. Because I don't know if I would have gotten to this point had it not been That's for true. my autoimmune diseases. I, I agree. So on with us today, we have a certified rheumatologist. Yeah, we do. Who has also had weight loss surgery. How cool is that, so, guys? So welcome on, Susan. Thank you so much for being on with us. Hi, ladies. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm starstruck. Oh, thank you. you. It's amazing. Thank you. We are so excited. You've sent me in on my personal weight loss Mm -hmm. page several things, and it's really given me, I was like, okay, Mal, we have to get her on like (laughs) immediately. This is important. I know a lot of our community suffers from chronic pain Mm -hmm. and autoimmune diseases. And so that's why I was like, this is perfect. And you've had weight loss surgery. Like, mm. how freaking cool. Yeah, you know what we've gone through. You know yeah. what it feels like. It's different than, like, reading it in a book. So, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it's just, it, you don't know how it is until you go through it. Like, um, otherwise, everyone just thinks that what they know is how it is. But going through it is completely different. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's just great being part of the community. It's amazing. So, can you tell us where your story began? with weight loss surgery? Yeah, sure. Actually, mine might be one that um, I doubt you have heard before. So it might be interesting. So let's see. So, well, a few years ago, I was officially diagnosed with uh, narcolepsy. You guys know what narcolepsy Mm -hmm. is? Yeah, that's randomly falling asleep, right? I believe so. So yeah, for those that are listening, can you explain what it is? <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about it. So narcolepsy is um, um, basically in a lot of movies and TV series and stuff. They show it because it's it's uh, it can be a funny disease sometimes because people suddenly fall. But it is actually because there is a hormone in the brain that's either missing or malfunctioning, okay. and that hormone's called orexin. And that hormone has multiple different functions. So one of it is it. Um, um, it interferes with the sleep. Okay. So um, that can, and I will go into what happens in the sleep because that's the, both the funny and scary part of it. Okay. And then the other part of it is that it makes you want to eat, makes you feel like you have appetite and you want to eat. So you would oh. think that 
you would think that if you are missing that hormone, mm-hmm. you would not eat and lose weight, right? Right. But unfortunately, what other thing it does is that it improves your metabolism. So when you're lacking oh. this hormone, uh, you are going to have extremely low metabolism compared to people who have it. All right. So, yeah. So basically, you're not, you don't feel as hungry as everybody else but you keep gaining weight. So it's the worst combination because you're not eating. So you're not eating much and you gain weight. So uh, if you eat a little bit, your metabolism is low, you will gain quite a significant amount. So part of it is that people with narcolepsy, most of them are obese. That sucks, man. Weird. I've never heard that. Jeez. What a... Yeah awful combination because I've, I've heard of the whole like the metabolism being so low that when you do it you gain because dr eric talked a little bit about that mm-hmm. but yeah the fact that narcolepsy that's a that's a whole thing mm-hmm. my goodness yeah. and it's and it's a very uh, it's a rare disease so it's not something you see every day and there's two right. types of it there's one with narcolepsy with cataplexy and one without and the cataplexy is the one where they suddenly fall and they're not actually falling asleep that is when a strong emotion like anger or happiness or something causes um sudden paralysis of muscles so like somebody tells you a joke and you're laughing and then suddenly you go paralyzed and you kind of glide down so that's yeah um you can also suddenly fall asleep because of how sleepy you are and um i don't have the cataplexy part okay thankfully because that would mean i couldn't drive if i did but thankfully i don't (laughs) but uh how it happened that i came to know i have the disease is that the symptoms are very um, mild and nonspecific. So it starts out around be- right before um, teen years, okay. around when you're 11, 12 years old. And um, that's when the um, weight gain starts. Okay. And then one of the most prominent symptoms is sleep paralysis. Do you know what is sleep paralysis? Have you no. heard of it? So that's when uh, right about when you're falling asleep or you're waking up from sleep, Mm -hmm. you are half awake. So your mind is awake. You can hear everything. You know exactly where you are, but you cannot move a muscle and you can't open your eyes. Yeah, it's happened so, to Eric before. Weird. Yeah. 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 And and what happens is that you're still half sleep, so you do get like these nightmarish type of things. And people have hallucinations. And it's funny that most people's hallucinations are very similar to each other. So my hallucination is usually um a dark shadow that kind of hovers over me slowly, kind of like oh, the demen- the dementors and yeah. Harry Potter. Right. You're, I knew there was a reason I liked you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a big Harry Potter fan. You know, it's crazy. Nice. So, yeah, it's just like it comes over me and then starts breathing on my face. Fuck and then that. I can feel <sighs> the heat, you know. And nope. imagine you're like an 11 year old girl. And then this is a hallucination that you get every morning or every night before going to bed or waking up in the morning. You poor thing. Oh my and God. It was horrible. And, and your poor parents. Yeah. Everyone in that house. Well, they, they're like, yeah, and you just had a dream. Nobody cared. Oh, like, no. Like, <laughs> just joking. I just made my heart 
drop. Yeah. Yeah, because they're like, yeah, it was just a dream. Don't worry about it. And the problem is that the more you try to come out of sleep paralysis, the more you go in it. Mm. So you cannot, you just have to like, it just has to take its time. And it usually, it can last a few minutes or so, but it just feels like hours. Oh, Lord. um, Yeah, that's that's one of the worst um, parts of it. And then the other thing is that throughout the day, you're just exhausted. Like, I'm sure as busy as you guys are, you've had days where you didn't sleep for like 48 hours or something like that, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. Yeah, and we just, had a whole travel. Yep. <laughs> yep. There was a whole travel episode on that. <laughs> yeah. So just the amount of exhaustion you have is how a narcoleptic person feels every day throughout the day. Oh, man. And so basically what happens is that you are at the beginning of puberty, a teenage girl, you're gaining weight. And you're sleepy all the time. So you get labeled as lazy. Mm-hmm, it's like, right. oh, that's the lazy girl, right? Mm-hmm. So it was very hard. And I'm like, isn't anybody else tired? Am <sighs> I the only one who wants to sleep? Mm-hmm. You know, so it was um, by, by the time I was in mid, like in high school, I would say, I learned to kind of deal with at least the sleep paralysis part of it. Okay. I would, do you know what I would do? I would summon the Patronus. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That took control of it. Yes. To kind of, I would tell myself, this is not real. You've had this before because you're kind Mm -hmm. of awake. So, and, um, that's how I would get rid of it. And then when I went to medical school, um, I, I literally don't know right now how I got through medical school mm-hmm. having this disease. Oh, I could wow. not sit at one lecture. I was all I was just my head was on on the desk sleeping. Mm-hmm. And by um, so I went to medical school in Hungary because I wasn't in America back then. I okay. was in Iran, and then from Iran I went to Hungary. Wow! For, awesome. Yeah, for medical school, and okay. that medical school is like a seven six year program. Okay. My third year of medical school is when I learned about narcolepsy and what it is. Okay. And, um, and I knew, oh, this is what I've got. Mm. But I did not tell a soul. And then there's the reason is that there's such a stigma with medical students saying they have a disease because mm. they always tell you, you, you read about it, you think you have it. Right. You know? mm. And this is a rare disease. And then the other horrible thing about it is that the treatment for it is stimulants like amphetamines. Mm. And I did not want to have even one person thinking for a second that I'm like drug seeking or something Mm. like that. I didn't even talk about it. Wow. Oh, my God. So not only like you're not only are you suffering from this, but you're suffering silently with this giant stigma because you're trying to become... A doctor. Yeah, exactly. Because as a doctor, you're not like, you cannot be taking amphetamines, you know, because people take that on the streets and it's like, you know, so it was, it was, um, it was a whole, I I just literally don't know how I got through that. And when I came to America, I matched to an amazing internal medicine residency program in Rochester, New York. Oh. Yeah. So I'm just slowly moving west. There you go. (laughs) There you go. The west is the best, man. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, And and it 
That year, which was 2017, 2018 academic year, was my first year of um, um, internal medicine. And that was one of the worst years of my life. Because now imagine being an intern, a first year resident, because as a first year resident, you are below, like the lowest of the food chain, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So it's horrible. You don't have any sleep in general. Now as a narcoleptic that's resident. not okay. No, that's, uh, that's yeah. nuts. So I started having memory loss and word finding problems. And even mm. now when I talk, sometimes you might even notice it sometimes that I kind of have these pauses because I have to for a second think about what I'm going to say next. Wow. Back then it had become so bad <clears throat> that I would just suddenly go silent. So I'm like rounding with the attendings in the morning, talking about the patients. And then suddenly I would stop talking because I don't know what my next word is. Oh, oh man. man. Yeah. So did you finally get diagnosed and told them? Yeah. So that's when I realized that this is no longer me. Um, I'm sorry. That was my cat. Falling. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> no. Um, so that's when I realized it's no longer about my reputation or stigma right. or anything. It's mm-hmm. about um the safety of the patients I'm treating. And I didn't feel that it is safe for me to practice medicine if I'm in that state. Right. Yeah. My brain was not absorbing any information. Mm. Um, It was just blank. So that's when I found a sleep specialist who was also a neurologist. Uh, She was so cute. (laughs) Dr. Young in Rochester. And I did the whole sleep study. You go to the clinic, you stay there and they put all these wacky stuff on your head. Uh, Stay there throughout the night. And then during the day, you um, you, every two hours, so they put you in a room and you have to be like in a quiet room, just sitting. And every two hours, someone comes and tells you to go to sleep. Try to take a nap. Oh, and yeah. So what they're measuring is they want to see how long it takes for you to fall asleep okay. because they, they measure that based on the changes in the um, valence of your brain. Okay. And immediately when you're falling asleep, they come and wake you up. They're like, no, no, don't, don't sleep. <laughs> oh my God. That's like sleep deprivation <laughs> oh, that's tactics torture. to people. Yeah. That's torture. Yeah. You're like, I just yeah. want to go to sleep. I just want to sleep. Oh, um, so they do that about five times or so. It takes uh, like about, I think from seven in the morning until 8 p.m. And um, yeah, so I did the, all of that. When I went back to her to get my results, that was, now that was one of the, I don't know, the weirdest days of my life, I guess. She's, I'm sitting on the side of the table and she just gets up in her office and comes to me and tells me to stand up. And then she gives me the biggest hug. Oh. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I don't even know how you are functioning because this is one of the worst cases of narcolepsy I've ever seen. Oh my God. And you know that like stamp of validation that you're seeking? Yep. That, oh, I'm not crazy. You're not. You're not crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I have goosebumps. Yeah. It was it was a very emotional day for me, the day yeah. that she told me. Even like every time I talk about it, it just brings out all the emotions, you know. Yeah. So yeah, so that was when I'm like, yes, yeah, so I'm not just a fat, lazy girl. No. You know, I have this situation going on. Right. So but even then I was <coughs> concerned about so the stigma of um 
uh, like amphetamines and stuff. And mm-hmm. I asked her if there's any medication that's non-stimulant I can take. And she started me on one and it was, it's life-changing. Yeah. My life wow. just turned around. Oh. I haven't met a dementor for quite a while now. Yay! <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, because I have to say, for those of you that have not watched Harry Potter, shame on you. Second of off, second off, those are terrifying in the movie. Those are, yeah. Like, yeah. and I can only imagine like having one, even in a nightmare, come at you. Like, I can't even imagine like over and over and over every again. Every night. Every night. For your whole one young adulthood and yes. pretty much your adulthood. Yeah. Like, that's insane that you had to deal with that day in and day out. Yes. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Oh. It, it was, it was crazy. It was just, and it never changed. Sometimes it was the only thing that changes is sometimes from right side and sometimes from left side. That's the only difference, but it was always the same. You know, oh, it was wow. very, very scary. Um, I did have a few when there were some animals with it, like a huge snake or a lion or something around, like walking around the bed. Oh my God, um, it really was Harry Potter. <laughs> Jeez. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All I can think of is the snake, Nagini, and then yeah. the Gryffindor, like, emblem lion. is a lion. So, Oh, my God. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, oh, maybe. Because I'm, oh, my God. I think I've read all the Harry Potter books, like, seven times each. So Maybe you manifested it. I don't know. <laughs> Could have been. <laughs> maybe. Like, no, I, I had this. not... I had not read it at that time. I had not known about... Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Never mind. Yes. That does not work. Oh, jeez. So... With all of you, like, going to medical school and then traveling over to the United States, like, how much did you gain? So my highest weight was 262. Okay. Um, And that was when I was in Rochester. Okay. So okay. that's, yeah. So that's when I got the, uh, to the highest. Uh, throughout all of this, uh, I was always going to the gym. I hate going to the gym. Oh. I was exercising. I was cute. I, I've done all the diets that you can think of. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everything. So, um, but nothing worked because it worked. It's not that it didn't work. It worked. The moment that there was smallest gap, mm. that's when it would, you know, come back. It would all and, come back. Yeah. Your yeah. narcolepsy was just kicking in was like, nope. Nope. I'm yeah. here. Yeah. Exactly. And then it got to a point that I'm seeing and I, all of my friends and also my family, they're tiny. Um, my sister's like an athlete. And so it's like, um, very, uh, I was always surrounded with people who are, or seemingly effortlessly thin yeah, and gotcha. as a young girl, as a young girl, I didn't care about health. Yeah. I just wanted to be thin and pretty. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, doing everything that I wanted to make me get there, but, uh, it would never happen. So I just gave in at some point. I'm like, you know, effort. I'm just going to eat whatever I yeah. want. <laughs> it is what it is. I'm meant to be fat. Yep. I'm meant I to think be a big we person. can all agree. Like we've all been there. We've like, all been there. Oh yeah. Cause I, even with me not having any autoimmune diseases, like I got to that point where I was like, yep, this is just, I'll always be the big Mel and that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how I'm going to live the rest of my life mm-hmm. and never thought this was even an option. Yeah. Well, because it's not really talked about no. until now. Not at all. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then the stigma, like, right? That's yes. like, oh, this is cheating or this and that. So, um, yeah. And, well, when I came to, now I'm at University of Kentucky. I'm okay. finishing okay. my aromatology fellowship this June. Yeah. And I'm moving to California. Ooh, she is going to Alaska. Yay! 
<laughs> yes, I almost moved to Bend, Oregon. It's beautiful there. It's beautiful there. Oh, I'm going there I this go- weekend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you are? Yeah. yeah. I got two job offers from Bend. And I was going to go there, but then I got this, um, another one in California, which is closer to my ma- my family. So oh, makes sense. Uh, yeah. Family first. Family yeah, first. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Um, so when did weight loss surgery kind of pop up into your journey? Yeah. Yeah. Of this? So when I was, um, I think, second year residence okay. uh, back in Rochester, that's when I started thinking about it. But there yeah. was no time and no money. Yeah. So in uh, last uh, in 2020, I came to University of Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, rheumatology fellowship lifestyle is much less hectic than okay. a resident lifestyle. Sounds like so. Uh, I had more time. And UK Healthcare, UK Healthcare is the name of the uh, insurance that they offer. Okay, is amazing. Oh, good. Oh, I was gonna ask how yeah. it was. Okay. okay, it was. It's it's really good. So I just I'm like, let's just go and check it out. Maybe mm-hmm. I get approved because I have no money. I have so many loans, so much loans. I'm just drowning. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way I can pay for it. If they're gonna say they're gonna pay for it, I'm gonna go for it. Yeah. yeah. So, Why not? Yeah. yeah. So back then they still had, well, I say back then, but it was May of 2021. So okay. last year okay. uh, is when I went to my first um, meeting with the surgeon. I didn't even research. I just looked who is on this UK healthcare, went to the first name that popped up alphabetically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, people are lucky they got the A. I know. This, I do not suggest anybody do that. Yes. Do your research. Do everything that you're supposed to do. I just got extremely lucky to get one of the best surgeons ever wow. by just randomly closing my eyes and picking it out of a hat. So, um, yeah, I went to Dr. Steiner in Lexington. Awesome. And... Um, they they wanted that six month pre um, you know before you even apply for the I think the authorization or yeah, something yeah like. mm-hmm. yeah yeah now they don't have it after I had to go every month for six months they have removed that part oh, of it wow that's crazy yeah. Yeah. I have a love hate thing I think with it's it. great I think it's good mm-hmm. for the six months because it really lets you put in the work. That is yeah. needed after. Yeah. But then it's like there's some people where they just need the surgery and like stat. And so that's where my love hate kind of comes from it. Cause I'm like, it's good. But then I I get the whole like, let's just get this done. Like I need it's, to have it now. It's funny because like more that we talk about the timelines and stuff, like I could have waited. I think people should wait six months to a year, to be honest with you. Now yeah. that like talking to all the people that have done it like weeks. They yeah. only knew like weeks before. Yeah. And then people that have waited years or two years. I just feel like knowing what we've gone through six months to a year really sets you up really good. It, it's, it's such it a is good, definitely a success yeah, kind like, of step. Because you're all focused about behaviors, 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 and you mm-hmm. learn a lot more prior. And I know personally I would have wanted that more. Yeah. Because um, I was going to say you were very quick. It was very quick. It was like. Appointment. I mean, it took me two months to get my appointment, but then once I was in, it was like, okay, boom, February, our first appointment. And then I was in surgery two months later. Yeah. So it was like, bam, but you bam. didn't have the monthly therapy, no, the I monthly nut- nutritionist appointments. No. So I, I can, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I know that people want it right now, but unless it's not a medical emergency, it's, a, it's important to wait. 
It it's, it's important to watch the process. It it's important to do yes. it because that all or nothing tendency kind of got us into this mess a little bit. Yeah. You know, when it comes to food, we're like, well, yeah. fuck it. I'm doing it all day. <laughs> all <laughs> do day, it, son. I'll do all it all day. Do it all fucking weekend. That's what we're doing. <laughs> and we did that a little bit too much, you know? <laughs> so we, we feel like, nope, these are doctors. These are professionals. We need to see them on a regular basis. We need to get a full because you're not going to be mentally ready regardless of how much stuff you do. Yeah. But you can definitely be way more prepared for it. I like how you yeah. said that. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, de- definitely. Exactly. Because it's it's important. I didn't want it. I was one of the ones that I'm like, just do it right now. Right. But I think it's very important because you have to change your lifestyle and you cannot change your lifestyle in a day or a week or a month even. Mm-hmm. You need to have spend that time educating yourself and finding all the tools that you need mm-hmm. to do what you want to do correctly. Yeah. Right. I feel like it's kind of like a job. You know how you have to go through training mm-hmm. and normally training yeah. is six months. So it's like it makes sense. Like, and for some unions that I've worked for, like um, I've worked for one where like that was a full year. Like you're in that yeah. mode for one full year. So yeah. it's like it, it kind of makes sense because you have to learn. So it takes that long to learn. something. It takes training. Yeah. To do this journey. And this journey's work. That's the deal. It, it is work. work. It is work. So it is. Let's, let's put yeah, some training rules exactly. on first. <laughs> so when when was your surgery date? So, um, on the second, uh, I think, uh, my, my surgery date was December 21st, okay. Tuesday, December 21st, right before 2021. Ooh, so, so what I did was out. back in June, because our schedule, my schedule as a fellow is fixed and I don't have much say in it. Uh-huh. I could just tell them when I want vacation time. And uh-huh. I took vacation time during Christmas and new year. And okay. then, uh, the second time I went to the surgeon's office, I'm like, Regardless of the insurance approval, just put me down for Tuesday, December <laughs> yes. 21st. That's going to be my day. Oh. Um, and um, because I didn't want to go through all of that and, you know, and the not have the time because I'm working. Yeah. I can't take time off. Right. So, so that's the day I chose and that's the date I got. That's and awesome. It was it yeah. was meant to be. Seriously. If that's the way it happened. With you picking it yes. at random and yeah. fucking you took control in that last part. Like that's crazy. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, exactly. And then I hadn't told. So here in Kentucky, I'm by myself um, and my family in California. So my parents are in California and my siblings are there, too. And I hadn't told anybody. I told um, a few of my close friends maybe a month before I went in. And then... I needed help here, right? Like you guys know, you cannot do it alone, right? right? You need support. You do. And um, I bought my parents tickets to come. Like, yeah, come visit me for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I love this. I had surgery. Surprise! (laughs) Three days before their flight because I wanted them to have three days there to like do whatever they want. In (laughs) processes. I told them, I'm going to tell you something. And actually, I did this with everybody who I told because I didn't I don't want to hear anything negative, like not even not even a facial expression. I don't even want to see a negative facial expression. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you something and I'm going to need you to just listen and not react and not say a word, especially if it's a negative thing. Yes. Yeah, I like it. (laughs) I'm going to have this surgery for this reason. And that's the date it's going to happen. It's already in motion. There's nothing that's going to stop it. Mm-hmm. And I just need you to be here to help me. 
And that's it. And everybody was very supportive. So I have Good. not thankfully gotten any bad comments or anything about it. So. Hey, I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. It's good to hear that because some people's support systems end up not being so supportive. Sucky. But I like the way you worded that. <laughs> yep. And I think that could listen work for a lot of our listeners mm-hmm. is saying, I'm going to tell you something and I need you to keep it to yourself if you're going to be negative, essentially. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see the facial expressions. Like, Just keep it positive because this is what I'm doing, regardless of what you feel yeah, or think. This is already happening. Yeah, this is exactly. already in motion. Yeah. And I like that. Yeah. I really like how you did how you worded that. Yeah, because it gives them like an option too. Like yeah. you're you're letting them like have an option, like, okay, am I gonna be in this room when she tells her it on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then there you go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of times uh, it happens that we are not aware of the emotion we're going to have when we hear something, right? right. Like mm-hmm. you don't know how you're going to react. You don't know how your face is going to change. So that's mm-hmm. why I always prepare them because I'm like, I don't even want to see that. So just keep it to yourself. So they will become aware of how they're feeling and keep it inside and then just share it with me if it's what I want to hear. Ah, I like it. Oh, that does make sense because like, yeah, you, some people can't control their facial expressions. Mm-hmm. Like I'm very expressive. So like <laughs> if you tell me first, then now I'm going to be mindful of like, Hey, don't, don't make a face. Don't make a face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. I will seriously think about it first. So like, no, I'm going to start using that shit. <laughs> I like mm-hmm. that. It yeah. works. It works. Yeah. yeah. I like it. <laughs> well, it's like Tabitha gave us this great, um, the burial berry boss, she gave us this great saying to say to somebody, if you have something that you need to tell them and you ask them, do I have your permission to be completely honest with you? Mm-hmm. And then you're getting they can either say yes or no. And if they say no, then you don't say anything and you just move on. Right. But if they say yes, then they're giving you their permission to be completely honest. And I've we've used that. I've used it a few times now. Yeah, because I really like being able to to ask their permission. You're not just putting this on them. Right. You're just you're asking their permission. So. Right. You're not yeah, like exactly. word vomiting mm-hmm. on them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ex- exactly. And I think that kind of also makes the person who is giving you the permission mm-hmm. to kind of understand. So I gave them the permission. Mm-hmm. So let they are more accepting of what you're about to say, mm-hmm. too. I think that would be 100 yeah. percent. Yeah. yeah. OK, mm-hmm. so we've had surgery. Yeah. Yeah. So now you had surgery in December. It is now April. So how yes. is it going? Yeah. Oh my God, it's going amazing. I had a pretty good uh, um, recovery. I did hit one small bump on the week I went back to work because I became very dehydrated. Uh, I I didn't have time to drink water while I was at work. And so... The first the uh, three days I went to work, the fourth day, I started having these weird feelings of headache and just not feeling well. Mm-hmm. And I ended up and by this time, my parents had already left. Okay. So I was alone at home mm-hmm. and I ended up having to call 911 to take me to the hospital because I couldn't move. I, I would, I couldn't even stand up oh, and oh no. yeah. So they had to take me there and I had the uh, nice yellow banana bag, which mm-hmm. uh, you've probably heard of yes. um, and just got hydration. So then I had to think, so how am I going to change my, my routine 
to be able to drink at work. So mm. I made, because what happened is that when I would go to clinic, I just run from one patient room to the next patient room. Mm -hmm. So I had a table set in the middle of the, the hallway and I have my water there. Yes. Just while I'm going from room to room, I have a sip of water. So that's how I fixed it. Oh, Perfect. Good. good. I'm glad that you learned from the experience. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no, just because I'm a doctor does not mean that I put my needs above everybody else. Like yeah. you were dehydrated and that's a big thing. So I'm yeah. glad you learned from the complication of dehydration. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I had, I, I think when I went to the hospital, my magnesium level and my phosphorus level were very low. And mm -hmm. these are actually, uh, being my, my physician side talking now are two things that if you guys, anybody who uh, had, has had bariatric surgery, having just feeling unwell overall mm -hmm. and has a headache and nobody, like they tell you, we don't know what's wrong with you. Mm -hmm. They have to check magnesium and phosphorus because those are not on the regular panels and they have to be mm -hmm. ordered separately. Mm. So because when we check electrolytes, they tell you, oh, your electrolytes are good. But the electrolytes they're talking about is sodium, potassium and chloride and calcium. They don't okay. check magnesium and phosphorus. Oh. So why don't they test for that? Because that's, again, something that's not too common, right? Okay. So our situation is different. Mm, right. um, so so you, we are more prone to being deficient in those nutrients. Mm -hmm. um, so so that's why it's important to just like ask them, oh, did you guys, by the way, check magnesium and phosphorus? Okay, okay. we're right. going to have to note that. Yeah, definitely. That I know ridiculous. that we had posted something uh, a few months ago. Uh, Dr. Dovet gave us a list of panels to ask for. And yeah, for I, know, your primary. I know magnesium was on there, yeah. mm -hmm. but I, I am because of all of my bullshit that goes on with my system, <laughs> I am in the doctors a lot. Yeah. And when I'm sick, they'll, or if I end up in the ER, there are sometimes where they check my dehydration levels mm -hmm. and they'll be like, you're fine, but I don't feel fine. And I'm wondering if like, those are the times where I'm like, okay, did you check these? Yeah. Because I am a bariatric patient. And like you said, not many people know, like That's with a, a bariatric patient, you have to, because it is a specialty. It is. So it just is. because you're an ER doctor doesn't know that, doesn't mean that you're going to know what a bariatric patient needs. Right? Like, I, that would be hard. It's being your own advocate. Yeah. Again. Again. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of things in medicine, they, um, the diseases are colliding together, but mm. the specialties are not, mm. right? So like I was telling you before, I think that's mm -hmm. what I wrote for you is that someone with a high level of ANA, which is the protein that you mm. see in patients with lupus, mm -hmm. right? Or any type of extra ant antibody. So people with rheumatoid arthritis, anybody who has some extra antibodies that they shouldn't have, mm -hmm. um, if they, um, that, that's, that's going to be affecting your your levels of vitamin B12, for example. Mm -hmm. So okay. when they check your vitamin B12, the, the level might be low in your body, but it's going to look normal or it's going to look even high. I didn't oh, tell you this. I did right? not tell you this. Oh, Because yeah. I wanted so, her to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so basically like as a bariatric patient, so for example, you have lupus and you mm. had bariatric surgery and you're prone to having vitamin B12 deficiency. You go to your doctor, they check your vitamin B12. Oh, it's nice. 
it's good and normal, but I feel crappy. That's because your high ANA level is, is causing a false normal level on that lab test. So what they need to do is to check something like methylmalonic acid, which is a better way of testing for, um, for vitamin B12 or homocysteine levels. So there are different tests they can do just to double check. Now, is that only for people that have autoimmune? Yeah, usually anything, anything that any protein, any extra protein in the body that should not be there, Mm -hmm. that kind of throws the whole assay off. Uh, ANA is one of the most common ones that does that. So how do you know if that's a thing for you? So that would be like if you have an established disease, Mm -hmm. if it's not, if you have not been diagnosed with something and you've had um, tests done before that show your total protein level is normal, then you don't have to worry about that. But, But for, I think this is more for people who already have you know, a disease like how Kelly has Mm -hmm. lupus. So when you go and have a check, you just have to make sure that they check that. But that's going to be what tells you the More true level. Which I am coming up on my three-year blood panel. Yes, you are. So I will be asking Dr. Thompson to run the All extra of tests. Yes. So that I know, because I am more tired. And yes. it's hard to know, like... Okay, is it autoimmune? Is it my system? Like, I'm just go, go, go all the time? Or is it something like as simple as B12 that I'm lacking in my system and it's making me more tired? I mean, I'm the pedal pitcher for B12. <laughs> she is. She'll be like, okay, we're going to record. Boom. Do you want some B12? Should you take some B12? I have B12 in my cupboard. Yes, I do. Yeah, I got she is a B12 pusher. I do. 100%. Because it's so, most people really don't have it in their system. That's yeah, what I've true. learned. And knowing that bariatric patients, it's even harder for us to actually like absorb everything. So I'm just like, hey, if you're feeling tired and you've already had water and protein, I'm like, mm. here's a B12. <laughs> Most of the time, mine is the duo of water and protein. protein. I have not gotten enough And of. it might be B12 now, too, that we didn't know. That is correct. That is super yeah. cool. What I wanted to touch base on um, a little bit before, can you explain to people what does dehydration have? Like, what are the symptoms of feeling dehydrated? Because I'm sure people have had it in our community, mm-hmm. but might not realize that they're having it. And then remind it. me, I have a point to make. Mm-hmm. Just say you okay, have a point, point to make. Okay, okay. Got you, I got you. <laughs> so uh, the dehydration, the first symptom, one of the very first symptoms is that you ha- you get a headache. So having a headache or just feeling your head is heavy, your eyes are heavy, that's just one of the first symptoms that you feel. Okay. The other one that is very common is you feel lightheaded, especially when you stand up. Okay. You stand up and you kind of like... Just- yep. Oh, oh, I feel like I'm falling, right? So okay. so that's one of the other ones. Um, when you become dehydrated to the point that your electrolytes become abnormal, that's when you get a few other symptoms, like you get tingling sensations or um, uh, you feel uh, off balance, which is different from lightheadedness. Because lightheadedness mm-hmm. is when you're just kind of like going around and around. And off mm-hmm. balance is that you are just feeling, you know, um, like... Yeah, you can't catch yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so those are some, or you might have uh, palpitations. Your heart rate keeps, you know, going up. You feel because basically what happens when you're dehydrated, your blood 
is less volume than it should be. Mm -hmm. So because it's less volume, there's less volume circulating and going through the heart and the heart has more empty space, right? So it has to pump Pump faster faster. to get the amount of blood that's in it to run around the body. So that's why you get high um, blood, uh, high heart rate as well. Interesting. That's another one. And then you can feel it sometimes, the palpitations Mm -hmm. and then the heart, high heart rate. I can. So those are... I can, I can feel it when I get dehydrated. Yeah. My heart beats faster. And I actually, funny thing is I actually had a heart test done prior to me having surgery because mm-hmm. I was having those palpitations. Okay. And I thought something was wrong. And now I can pinpoint back that I was just severely dehydrated. dehydrated. Yeah. Because I was not drinking water the way I should have been. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, another yeah, point fun. that I thought was I just learned that electrolytes and water are two different things. Yes, they are. I, they are. for because those stupid smart water bottles, they're like electrolytes. I'm like, that's dumb. There's electrolytes in all water. Like, why would you pinpoint that? That's what I thought every <laughs> I time you. I saw them. Yeah. And, that, and then I got a massage and my massage therapist always tells me, Make sure you're getting enough electrolytes. And I'm like, and I held on my water bottle. I'm like, I always have it with me. So I'm always getting. And she's like, Kelly, do you realize that there's a difference between water and electrolytes? So big shout out to Kim. I love you, Kim. City Massage. Um, She, yeah, she's like, "Uh, no, there's a difference. And you need to be drinking those, especially after massage, because you're uh, moving everything around. Yeah. So it was very interesting. That's very true because electrolytes is basically mostly your sodium and chloride and all of these things that are in the blood and with the fluid and the water that's there. And, and they kind of balance everything. So the, the thing is that when you have less um, water, let's say mm-hmm. in your blood, it kind of it, uh, wants to equilibrate itself. Okay. So the electrolytes that are in there, they see there's less water more electrolytes, right? Mm-hmm. So they start oozing into your body, oozing out oh. of the blood into the tissues, right? Oh. So the electrolyte levels go down, for example. So, so the, and these imbalances can cause really bad, um, they can have bad consequences. Like people can have sudden cardiac arrest from it. Like if you have a very high level of potassium, mm-hmm. um, you can get, you know, hearts, just your heart might stop. So, so it's very important to have that and especially where it becomes becomes very important for bariatric patients is we are prone to getting dehydrated Mm -hmm. and if you go out exercising if you go to a sauna or get really hot and just sweat when you're sweating that's when you're having both water and electrolytes come out of your body Ah. okay yeah. And then if you are putting out water and electrolytes but only drinking water you are diluting yourself of electrolyte. You are making yourself even less. Thus the Gatorade for sports. Exactly. That's why sometimes it exactly. tastes really like what I learned about Gatorade is that like it actually tastes different to other to different people because depending on what you need, it's gonna be tasting saltier. So I don't like Gatorade. I think it's disgusting. I hate it. It's gross. Um, but she Kim gave me the the idea that the liquid IV. liquid IV that you can get at like Costco and stuff like that. We've tried Mm -hmm. it is it's great electrolytes. Yeah. 
Yeah, so she was exactly. like, you need to be bringing, and, and actually Hydrate has electrolytes in one of their water um, flavors. Yeah, in our Spark water. And so, exactly. Yeah, in the Spark Waves. And so I was like, oh, I just need to be like, just one a, one day. a day, like just getting that in there because that's now, a part of it. Exactly. Now, if you want even a cheaper way and then going to your pharmacy and getting that yeah. is to just put one like uh, one fourth of a teaspoon of salt in your water uh, and you can't even taste it. Right. Uh, That's it. Like to the amount, just add a little bit of salt to the amount okay. that it doesn't become too salty and you taste it. Okay. And that's all the electrolyte that you're going to need because it has the a, sodium and the chloride that you need. I have a funny question for you. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> As a kid, I like salt. Everyone knows it yeah, around me. She likes I salt. fucking love salt. Yeah, she puts salt on everything. I drink a shit ton of water. And that's when my doctor's like, you kind of balance it because you do take in a lot of salt. But I used to lick my hand, put salt on it, and then lick it off. That's how much I like salt. So <sighs> can I just do that still and just be done for the day for my electrolyte? <laughs> Does it have to be in water for it to work? Or can I just lick no, salt? No, well... Um- <laughs> <laughs> I guess you don't, but the problem is that I don't know how much, if you're getting suddenly too much, then that you're going to be getting swollen because when you have more get than swole. you need, yeah, you'll get swollen. Get swole. you can, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you swole. Swole. I know. Not but we could do like a fake swole and I could just eat a no. lot of salt. And just- no. Listen to no. <laughs> don't 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 have extra salt. No. Don't do that, guys. Don't do that. <laughs> so, can you mix it? Like, does it matter what amount of water you're having with with the electrolytes, or can you just like do like a little gl- ounce glass, little glass of it, and like swirl it around so- and then shoot it? There's a percentage. So if you look at saline, uh, the saline that you buy, right? Okay. It's actually a percentage of, I think, is it 12.4? It's, uh, oh my God, I can't even remember. I can look at real quick and tell you how much yeah. percentage it is. Uh, but um, it's it's a small amount to the point that you don't even taste it. Okay. If you want to make it less horrible, you can uh, squeeze lemon in it. So yes. lemon, um, just, just a little bit of lemon, like, just, you know, and with a pinch of salt and then that's it. Uh, it doesn't have to be too much because okay. also, again, you don't want to have too much salt because when you take in too much of the salt, you are having, again, too much uh, electrolyte in your bloodstream and then the fluid star has to ooze out now. Okay. And then it goes and makes you swollen. Okay, Because gotcha. <laughs> I'm one of the weird ones. I like seltzer water. That's what I drink all day long is seltzer water. Uh-huh. And I would much rather have like a small glass of water that I put my flavorings into, like swirl yeah. it around and then just like mm-hmm. quickly drink it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, be, and then be done. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's okay. A, and it's, yeah. I, I, it's okay. perfectly fine. And right now, like I'm Googling it. So you can making at home saline water would be mixing eight teaspoons of salt into one gallon of distilled uh, water. Okay. It's how to get, um, yeah, that's uh, the saline that you want. Okay. All right. And then is it better to drink that before I work out or after I work out? After. After, after. I think. Yeah. Okay. After or during. During and after. Because you're losing the electrolytes while you're working out and sweating. So then you want to do it either during or after so we can harness it back all in. Harness it back in. Harness it all in. Okay. Yeah. All right. 
Cool. I well, love this. That was a yeah. t- weird turn of the conversation. <laughs> I that I like. um, now, just before we go on, because there was one very important other point I wanted to make sure okay. I say, because I know a lot of patients um, do have this issue, just like the issue with the ANA and vitamin B12. Mm-hmm. There is the other problem of many people have thyroid disease. Yeah. And I did post that actually the other day on my Instagram. So um, it's uh, people who have thyroid disease and then we all take biotin, right? Right? You take biotin for yep. your hair, for the hair loss, and it's a lot of it in the multivitamins. The smallest amount of biotin that you take will throw off that thyroid function test that your doctor does for you. Oh. Yeah. So you might be hypothyroid, your thyroid level is off, it's low, you need to have adjustments of your medication being higher, but then you go do the test and the test is actually showing that you're hyper. And then they might go down on your medicine oh, no. because oh. it's the opposite. So, so yeah, so these are very important things. And again, endocrinology or your primary care doctor might not necessarily ask you or know that you're taking biotin. Okay. They might want you to be off of biotin for at least two to three days before doing the test. Okay. Definitely talk with them before going off any medicines, of course, but yeah. it's just something to be mindful of. I had no idea. I had no idea. Yeah. So when we talked about the ANA and the B12 type of thing, so what if somebody has PCOS? Is Mm -hmm. that going to play into that same field? Not so much. Okay. No, no, not so much. Uh, Because PCOS is basically when you have um, cysts on your ovaries and uh, you have hormonal imbalance okay right yeah okay. so it's not uh it's not similar similar to that to throw off any okay. as far as i know there might be there but as far as my knowledge currently is to this day at this time yeah awesome okay yeah good to know good to know okay so now let's talk about this is this is the piece that i really am wanting to get into is the chronic pain rheumatology, lupus, because I know a lot of people that have these debilitating diseases are going towards weight loss surgery because it is better for your body overall. And is that just mainly because I know as soon as I woke up from surgery, I felt 10 times better. And I don't know if that's a weird thing or if that was just in my head or like hey, when does it the brain is very powerful so it is very powerful if it's going to tell you you're not in pain then you're not in pain yeah cuz i wasn't in pain for a long time after surgery yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so is that something that i guess i don't know i'm trying to think of what the question I, like i just want to get your i guess your yeah. perspective on weight loss surgery and chronic pain yeah Gotcha. So basically pain is a very difficult uh, topic to address because there are pain, there's pain that is caused by something specific that you know exactly what's going on. Mm -hmm. You do the treatment and it goes away and you're all happy and smiley, right? right? But then you have these situations where there is just this random nagging pain that doesn't go away. Mm -hmm. And that's where, and so many people go through that. So diseases like fibromyalgia, for example, right? Mm -hmm. A very misunderstood Mm -hmm. and underestimated disease. Uh It's not a rheumatological condition, but Mm -hmm. it's thrown into the rheumatology field because nobody knows what to do with it. And that's (laughs) usually the the stuff we get. Yeah, (laughs) yep. 
So, yeah. So basically there is, we know the pathophysiology of how it happens. It's pretty um, deep, so I don't want to get too technical about it, but we know it's a true disease, but many people, including a lot of doctors, throw, brush it off as, oh, it's just fibromyalgia, right? The reason for that is that there is nothing on the blood tests and nothing on the imaging that is showing uh, something's going on. But if they do like an functional MRI of the brain. So if they do a normal MRI of your brain, nothing, they won't see anything. But if they do a functional MRI of the brain, which means you, there's like an activity shows the activities, Mm -hmm. that's where they pick up the difference. And and what happens is that your brain, your body is um, hypersensitive to the stimulus of pain for some reason that we still don't know what exactly. Okay. Which is really weird because I have a very high pain tolerance. Yeah. So it's weird that I would. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I have a very high pain tolerance because of what I've been through. Yeah. Like you have your constant pain. So your level is a different level than what mine is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very weird. And and, and when you have um, diseases like lupus, right, Mm -hmm. Uh, and you have constant inflammation or have had constant inflammation at some point of your life, that Mm -hmm. makes your body more prone to becoming more sensitive to pain stimulus. We have patients that they can't hug their children because of how much it hurts them, Uh, just hurts the Imagine like not being able to hug your child no. or being in pain when you do that. Yeah. Or, you know, so, so if you think about it all throughout our body, we have these nerve, um, fine nerve endings, mm-hmm. right? And we get used to it. Like when we were close, you barely feel your close, right? Yeah. It's just because your body's gotten used to that stimulus that's constantly on it. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, but, but in certain situations, when you become too, um, too sensitive to it, that's when you have more pain. And then there are certain areas that that happens to more. So where the muscles are attaching to the tendons. So that's like, you know, like these, let's say right here, okay. if, if you press this area in someone who has fibromyalgia, almost all of them jump. Okay. So, oh. Yeah. Yeah, so isn't there seven, like seven, seven pin, like pressure seven points? Tender points. points? Yeah, there's n- nineteen tender points. Okay. Uh, well, there, yeah, there's, uh, there are tender points now. They don't use the tender points as much, okay, as before because, um, because they found that in men, that you can't. Of course, if it's men, they they change it, right? Yeah. But yep. <laughs> Always not the women, not the women that are suffering. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. But uh, so they don't use that anymore, but we do um, use that in our clinical practice. So there's 19 points, different points of your body that uh, usually like right in the chest, uh-huh. in the front, back, arms, forearms, legs, thighs. Um, so it hurts when those are touched? Yeah. Yeah. So you press it and then you have to press until you can see the whites uh, on your fingernail. Okay. And that's the that's the amount of pressure you need to put, like because you need to know how much pressure to put. Yeah, yeah. Know. Yeah, there's uh, or, Oh, go ahead. Yeah, so so that that's how how you would know and then just patients usually jump. That's how you know. It's just like jumping. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. When she tested when my rheumatologist tested me for fibro cuz I was like I don't understand it, like I'm having these like I'm having a lot of pain and the only way I can describe it is like it's like electrical currents that go down my hands and uh, my arms and into my hands. And there were some times where it was like I couldn't like I would just do this all day. 
because it wouldn't stop. Mm. So, so that is more of a nerve pain mm. rather than a fibromyalgia pain because the fibromyalgia pain will be deep and uh, achy. Uh-huh. Anything that feels like an electric shock or electric and it's like radiating especially uh-huh. if it's radiating mm-hmm. it's more nerve related so okay. i'm wondering okay. if you have any neck problems do you have any neck pain of or course. neck issues <laughs> that, yes, that's, yeah neck problem can cause this feeling of shock pain going down your arms okay and it wasn't like always the electrical current it was kind of like tingling or yeah but it was kind of like restless leg but mm-hmm. in my arms and my leg and my hands, mm-hmm. that's it. I, it's hard to explain. And I think that's another reason why chronic pain that comes from fibro is so hard because you can't exactly pinpoint what it feels like because it's exactly. not like a common pain or a common right. feeling. Yeah. But I know that like there's sometimes where like even if somebody just goes like this and pokes me in the arm, it hurts mm-hmm. really bad and it shouldn't hurt. Like, it should not. Yes, no. it should not. So so it has many things. So the, not, one of the number one things that comes with fibromyalgia is severe fatigue. 90% mm-hmm. of people who have fibromyalgia are very tired. Mm-hmm. Um, almost up to, I think, 75, 80% don't feel refreshed in the mornings when they wake up from sleep, right? Nope. You have joint pain, you have muscle pain, you feel stiff. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have sometimes brain fog or we call it fibro fog. So mm-hmm. that's when you feel like you have uh, you have like gaps in the memory and things of that sort. Um, then depression, of course, and anxiety is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. You can have stomach problems like di- bouts of diarrhea and constipation, like an IBS type of situation. Okay. Um, and some people get like locked jaw, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so, so the, it's not just pain all over. It's like a whole entity that we really don't know what's causing it it's definitely out there there are fda approved treatments for it Mm -hmm. that do not work as well as you would hope right and um it's very important to know that the fibromyalgia is it's a chronic disease that's going to always be with the patients and it can be managed but it cannot be cured yeah right so yeah, so I uh, I spend usually a lot of time with my patients explaining that to them because uh, by the time they come to me, they have gone to at least five other physicians who have told wow. them um, that it's like fiber. Everybody's told them it's fibromyalgia, mm-hmm. and they come to me, and it actually is fibromyalgia, mm-hmm. but nobody's really explained what it is. Right? Oh, God for sad. you. Thank God you for know, you. That's all I got to say. That sucks. Because nobody, and then when you Google fibromyalgia, or even if you see again in movies and series mm-hmm. and things like that, that you hear, they use fibromyalgia, throw it out there as like a crazy psychotic issue. Mm-hmm. They throw well, it out there like that. Isn't it majority is with women, right? It's majority. If it's majority of women, ninety percent, eighty percent are women. It's usually young, between thirty to fifty, fifty-five year olds who get it. Um, And uh, yeah, exactly. Well, and we have to describe what the feeling is because mm -hmm. it's not what the normal feeling is. And then 
I'm not trying to diss on what the history is, but they like to think that we're lying about our symptoms all the time. Exactly. And so it goes misdiagnosed or not diagnosed at all and then just thrown to the window because they're like, well, it's just them acting like they just don't want to do something. Well, and I think it yeah. goes goes also, you know, going with TVs and TV shows and stuff like that. You know, there was the joke that went around with House md that it was always lupus like the answer was always lupus and it was just kind of thrown out there and it's like no people this is a very serious disease very serious like a very serious disease that you are it's a card you're dealt that you don't want like you don't want this in any way shape or form it is not fun Mm -mm. um the only thing you can do and i'm glad you said that is manage it because there is no cure for rheumatology or from rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, or fibro. Like, you're just, you're managing one. And what is even harder about having three of them is you don't know what comes with from what. Exactly. So, you know, the medication that I'm on, I don't know if it works for the lupus, for the RA, for the fibro. All I know is it's managing it at this point. So we're just leaving it be. Because if you take one thing out, it could throw your whole body into chaos. Yes. Yes. So and it took a year, a couple years to get me stable on medication. And that's actually, it's a good thing you brought that up because especially in my field of rheumatology, that's the case with almost all of our diseases. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very heartbreaking for me to see the patients because I have to tell them, I set up the expectation from the beginning that um, you are in pain and the issue is I have to tell you, I cannot immediately fix you and make you feel better. Mm -hmm. It will take, it's like a dance. We are going to have like, not a war, but a dance Mm -hmm. with this disease until we figure out the right steps and find out what works Mm -hmm. for you. There is, for example, for lupus, there's a bunch of medicines. We might have to try each of them separately Mm -hmm. and then some of them together to figure out what works for you. And Mm -hmm. each time we do a trial, you're going to need to at least take it for four months to six months to know what happens because that's how long it takes for the medicine to show its effect and And for insurance too some of the insurances yeah they'll say like you can't start this med until you've tried this med oh i hate insurances can i just say really they are horrible Mm -hmm. horrible it's i don't know it's like the mob over the doctors it makes Mm -hmm. no sense Mm -hmm. it's like just the amount of frustration that we have because of them is significant like i know this is the treatment my patient needs Mm -hmm. just give it to them god Mm -hmm. damn it yeah yes Yes. Like dictating. Yeah. Oh, they are. I mean, it's crazy how you have to have an allergic reaction. It has to be documented. Then you can move on to the next step. Yeah. I don't understand how those policies got passed into place Mm because that's not okay. No. Like it's it's fucking ridiculous. I remember the doctor got the fucking degree. They're telling me I need this medicine. It shouldn't mm-hmm. matter whatever pencil pushing thing you need to do. Mm-hmm. Just go, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Was there a licensed doctor that prescribed it? Yes. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Done deal. Yes. So, so it's actually interesting you said that um, 
there is, I, I don't know much about this, but I recently got to learn about it and it just infuriates me so much. <laughs> there is a really good group of um, rheumatologists. Uh, the, the, the acronym is CSRO and I can't remember what it stands for, but, but they do advocacy work for rheumatology and patients and things like that and go uh, to like do like legislative work and things like that to oh, get awesome. things happening from that. Um, and I, I'm actually thinking of joining them for advocacy and things of that sort. I'm yeah, not sure it. what I can do, but yeah. yeah so so uh, one of the doctors was actually telling us about this, uh, something called a PBM, which is the Pharmacy Benefit Managers. Mm. And they are the ones who decide what medication should be on the formulary for a disease. Um, okay. So, so, so it's not... Credential, credentials? I have no idea. I don't know the details, but what I'm going to tell you, I hope I don't butcher the actual truth of it, but how it goes, how I understood it is that if there is a medication A that's $10 and medication B that's $500, they want you, they put the $500 one on the formulary. They don't put the 10, even the pharmacies themselves. So they put like the $10 and they say, we give you 50% off. That's $5, right? Mm-hmm. And then the other one, 50% off is 250, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then they compare these and say, oh, I saved you $250. Whereas if you had the other one, you would only save $5. You yeah, know? it's a sales so, tactic. It's a sales tactic Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what's making all of these medications be crazy, high, expensive. Because it's money. It's always fucking money. Yeah, it's not the health of the patient. No, they put the price tag on it. They're doing that. Mm -hmm. Like, I've been watching lots of documentaries about, like, just even just ticketing, just like even concert tickets Mm -hmm. and what people do. And it's insane. It's like, hey, we know by running a podcast and doing events, like, hey, Venue costs X amount of dollars. Mm-hmm. Everybody inside it that's doing work costs X amount of dollars. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is charge at least enough for that and then a the little bit of profit and you're done. Mm-hmm. Like it's like 1.5 of what it actually is. Mm-hmm. And what these companies are doing, they're taking something that costs like $10 to make and they're charging 500 times the actual cost. Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't need all this greediness. Like, just fucking do the thing. Well, yeah. it's, it's. I mean, it's hard coming from somebody who battle has been battling with the insurance companies mm-hmm. and trying to get, like, I can't even get the actual Lyrica medication because my insurance will not cover it. Nope, you gotta get the generic. I, I have to get the generic brand. And it's mm-hmm. like, that that in itself just boggles my mind because if if the actual works better than the because when I was on the actual Lyrica medication, I was ten times better. Yeah, and then my insurance ra- randomly decided we're only gonna cover the generic version. Oh, and then I was like, okay, well I have no choice then. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I have to take the generic, even though it doesn't work as well as the previous one. It's so annoying. And that should really be up to my doctor to say. Exactly. Yeah, not the pharmaceutical exactly. companies. No, <laughs> not yeah, sure. Exactly. I will exactly. say, though, my because I take an infusion every month for lupus uh, from Benlista. And that company has by far the best like 
layout of how they help their patients. Yeah. Because you actually say, like, I make X amount of dollars. This is what my uh, deductible is, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And they will pay the deductible at the beginning of the year to cover, to get you through until your insurance will pick up the rest. Wow. That's rad. That is the, Mm -hmm. like, one of the best things about that company that I found because they don't want people to not go without their medication. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So there are a lot of good little things mm-hmm. here and there that, that does that. Yeah, exactly. And, and the other thing is that uh, many people always, um, you know, attack the pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. Oh, they are the ones bringing up the prices. But the truth is they are only bringing it up because if they bring it low, those PBM people are not going to put those medicines on the formulary. Right. Oh. So that's why. So they're like, we cannot, if I bring up, the, if you bring down, if I lower the, this price of my medicine, mm. nobody's going to take it anymore. No, so well, they also have- they're doing the stupid, like America's just dumb. They're just like, no, it has to be better because it costs more. <laughs> That's what they're fucking doing. They're like, nope, it's got to be better. Yeah. It, it wouldn't be worth $500 if yeah. it wasn't better for you. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not going to take some that's $10. That's weird. That's literally the fucking problem that they're having on like a global scale. It's insane. My county yeah, brain gets so angry about it. it. Like, and, and, and about the thing you said, Kelly, with, with the medications, mm-hmm. I, I just know that many people don't know about GoodRx. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys know about GoodRx. You I have heard it? of them. Yes. Oh, my God. I don't know who they are. I wish I could buy some flowers and like a fruit basket and just go to them and say thank you for existing in our lives. This good RX company or whatever it is, is very much underused. So many of the medications you can get off uh, using good RX coupons and just all you need to do. It's so easy. You don't have to sign up for anything. Google good RX name of the medicine and then near me it just choose the pharmacy that you go to and then you print out the coupon the one time you give them the coupon it it's like so for my medicine how i use it the medication i use armadafinil for my narcolepsy mm-hmm. it is i think about 700 dollars a month oh but good rx it's 40 dollars a month wow yeah it's a huge difference okay and many people don't know about it so use it you know like okay. check for lyrica and um okay and me- now many medicines generic versus brand names such mm-hmm. as lyrica they are not going to be that different unless the coating is different so i'm assuming mm-hmm. that for you in your case mm-hmm. the coating of the medicine for lyrica has a better effect for you compared to the coating of the other medicines ah. but generic versus brand names are generally not at all different and that's what they told me and so i was like okay cool it's the same thing and then when i was like oh no there's a huge difference in this like i mean it it does its job yeah but it's not the like i am not as good as i was back like yeah because i was on the regular one when Mm -hmm. i first had surgery gotcha and it was like night and day and then I slowly started going a little less. That makes sense. That does. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a correlation there. Yeah. Because you are definitely when you first like had surgery and was doing all the medicines that are the right ones, Mm -hmm. your energy was like through the Mm -hmm. roof. And yeah, then and it's now not, it's, it's she definitely has fatigue. Yeah, the fatigue mm -hmm. is 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 a a lot. Yeah. And I mean, that could just be that I'm doing a lot more. 
Yeah, now. but maybe you might need some tweaks on your medicine because you are doing a lot more. Is that a thing? Can that be a thing? Yeah. So, so when, when you are, when you are so busy and your mind is, you know, like all over the place, it, it's just, it, it, it becomes, it turns into pain. So we have like, like we have some, um, uh, psychosomatic diseases. Okay. That's basically when something, um, something psychological or not even psychological, like an anxiety or extra stress or something mm-hmm. in your life translates itself into pain and, and it just stays okay. with you. So definitely. And especially in, uh, people who have multiple autoimmune diseases, your body is just hypersensitive mm-hmm. to most things. So okay. most people who have autoimmune diseases are going to have allergies, seasonal allergies, food mm-hmm. allergies, medication allergies. So so that's just how, unfortunately, that specific body is. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. I have no stress. None. Not at all. Yeah. I've had no stress <laughs> in the last two years. No, I was last just quickly week. looking for Lyrica out of my own uh, um, uh, um, just thought. Curiosity. And I'm looking at GoodRx. Uh-huh. And you can get like a 30-day supply from Costco for nine bucks. No. There you go, Cal. There you Use go. Use good RX. I'm telling you, it will change your life. What? <laughs> it will change your life. I feel so dumb because like they uh, handed those out at Rite Aid before. I've seen them. They're yellow. They said good RX on them. Oh my yeah. God. Oh, yeah. People, I don't know how, like I tell all of my patients, just I, I print out the coupon for them. And the, and the good thing is you don't have to give them a coupon every time, right? Okay. You just tell, tell your doctor instead of like, because sometimes you have to look like right now I'm looking here at the pharmacy. The pharmacy CVS, the target is $126. Okay. Oh. And then uh, Meyer. I don't know if you guys know about Meyer. It's a um, chain food chain place here. Oh, okay. um, like, uh, well, like a grocery store. Yeah, yeah. It's like se- seven bucks here. Oh, wow. Walmart is 10. Yes. And then you have higher ones like Kroger is 530. <laughs> Who's gonna I don't, go I there? don't know who puts these prices there, right? So so definitely check it out. All okay. you have to do, have that coupon one time. The f- only one time you give it to them, that's it. Every time that they refill for you, they don't need a coupon anymore. Awesome. So it's a one-time deal. And is that with your insurance or is that just... No, no, no. no, no. that's just... Just you paying the money. So it's not going to go toward any of the insurance money you pay, the deductible and whatever, right? It's not going to go towards that because you're like paying cash. uh, um, It's just straight up. It's like your cash pay. Yeah, exactly. Like you're just Mm -hmm. buying something from a store. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Susan. You yeah, just changed some life. Changed, you changed my life right yeah. now. Like I, I am just going put, to. I'm going to just put this in the description. Yeah. And I'll just put yeah, the, we'll link it below. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. if you're on YouTube, it's going to be down there. If you're on Instagram, wherever you're at, it's going to be there. So yeah. just go there because we all need this. <laughs> yes. Yes. This is. I Very am. I'm so excited right now. You have no idea. I'm so happy. Yeah, because no it's it really like there's medications that are so regular things that we use every day and mm. stupid insurance for some weird reason. They refuse. Like, and you're stuck, right? Like, mm. what would I do if I did not have good art? Right. Yeah. Right? I cannot pay 700 bucks every no, month no. online, right? So Same. it's like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. So yeah, definitely use that. And then another good resource, especially for fibromyalgia, okay. because fibromyalgia is a disease that uh, patients 
has to have control, uh, be in control of their disease. Mm-hmm. So it's very, very important to give a lot of education okay. about the disease, the process, what to expect, expectations. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the best resources is some uh, a website called Fibro Guide. It's just one word, Fibro Guide. Okay. It's not .com. It's from University of Michigan. So if, okay. but if you Google Fibro Guide Michigan, okay. the first one that pops up, it has great, it's a great resource for. Okay. We'll link that one below yep. too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Definitely do that because it can help a lot. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, oh, so the last thing I kind of wanted to touch on was I know with arthritis or this is what I've been believed all the last, you know, seven years of my life of having it was the less you move, the worse it gets. And that's okay. accurate, right? Motion is lotion. Yeah, motion is lotion. Motion is lotion. Okay, you move, you get better. Yeah, exactly. So especially with um, uh, any type of arthritis, uh, whether it's osteoarthritis, which is wear and tear arthritis that everybody gets, mm-hmm. or some sort of an inflammatory arthritis like lupus or rheumatoid arthritis, mm-hmm. um, those all of those, the more you move around, the better you're gonna feel, um, and that's because um, your your joints. Uh, the, one of the main reasons is when you move around you or you gain muscle mm-hmm. when you gain muscle the muscles are going to be always kind of in a contracted form right mm-hmm. that's how like all the bodybuilders have all the muscles looking nice and when they are contracted that means there's less pressure on the joint okay right oh. so like if you have knee pain you have to make your thigh and calf muscles strong so each of them are contracting okay. and then that puts less pressure on your knees Okay. So nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so that kind of goes in. So if you are a bariatric patient, you also have arthritis that gives you even more motivation to be in the gym, building that muscle, mm-hmm. because then your joints are going to be better overall. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, so I think weightlifting is one of the very best ways to lose weight and gain muscle. That's mm-hmm. I think much, much better than like, I, I would not recommend going to run for an hour on a treadmill. Like, okay. I, I don't think that's a good, you can go walk for a little bit or run, but not like an hour every day killing yourself. You know, like that type of, especially if it's on a treadmill. Treadmill is horrible for knees. Mm -hmm. Walking outside is nice. Yeah. You want to walk, go walk. You want to do steps in the the device thing. It's good. (laughs) Stair stepper. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Or elliptical. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's perfect. You want to mm-hmm. do stationary bike. That's fine. But treadmill is going to kill your knees. Okay. okay. All right. Know. So if you mm-hmm. have arthritis, stay away from the treadmill. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. And stay in the pool. That's mm-hmm. hard with COVID mm-hmm. and weather. But oh my God, the best, best, best exercise for any type of joint pain is swimming. The reason oh. is that you you will have zero weight, like not zero weight, but you know what I mean. You, yeah. you don't you're weightless, right? When you go into water, so you move around, your joints and body and muscle are getting the exact amount of exercise as you're getting on land, but just mm-hmm. don't have that extra weight making like putting pressure and pain. Yeah, okay. so it's less pressure on your body in all mm-hmm. exactly. the, all the areas because it kind of like lifts like yeah. when you're in the water. So yeah, you don't yeah. Have to worry so about water. All that. Water aerobics mm-hmm. is really good. I've told my patients, like the, uh, the older ones, just go walk in a swimming pool. Just walk. You don't have okay. to swim. 
Like instead of walking outside, yeah, because you're swimming. Slowly. Okay, so if you're <laughs> newly post-op and you're having a lot of joint pain because of arthritis or some other chronic pain, go into a pool. Yeah, and just walk. Yes, exactly. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's a good tip because I think everybody automatically assumes like you're going to have surgery and then you're going to go be a beast in the gym. And for people with chronic pain, that's not always. Like, right. it's not always yeah. realistic for us. But you can be a beast ass swimmer, man. <laughs> you can. You can. Like, because I did water aerobics and it's fun. So it's fun. It felt it's really fun. weird at first. But then like the, like the next day, you're like, I'm actually sore from water aerobics. Holy shit. Yeah. Because you can do like I can, you know, uh, mountain climbers. Yeah. I you do those in the water. You literally just hold into the side and do the sh- 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 oh. and I can go way faster in the water than I can on land. So oh, like, yeah. dude, like you get like the lower ab going. It's gnarly. Oh, we should do an auto or uh, water aerobic thing on the yeah. pod. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, that's, that, that's that's really good. Like one of my uh, um, goals for future going to my new job. I don't know yeah. if they will be accepting of it, but there's some some uh, at some point. I'd like to create because we always tell our fibromyalgia patients or even like rheumatoid arthritis arthritis have aerobic exercise, increase yep. your exercise, yep. and that's it. Like I don't have, I might not have enough time to give more information. Yeah, I I want to create a class, you know, of exactly what's needed. You know, like we tell fibromyalgia patients, you need to have aerobic exercise at least 30 minutes a day and slowly increase the intensity and duration, right? That's basically the the line that you tell them. But, okay, they hear it and go, what is aerobic exercise? How do I do it? Where do I start from? You know, how do I increase the intensity? What is moderate intensity? Mm -hmm. What is, you know, like things like that. So that's one of the things I have in mind of creating. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, to have classes specifically for rheumatology patients, especially people who have um, inflammatory disease or they have fibromyalgia. I love it. That's amazing. I think that's so needed. Yeah. Coming. I mean, because I can remember back when I got diagnosed and I was actually very active in the gym when it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, actually in the same, same gym, gym that we're in now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of full circle for me. But uh, back then, I didn't have the knowledge of, like, I thought, oh, if I continue to work on my body and it hurts, I'm going to do more damage. Because mm-hmm. there was nobody out there saying now, hold on. Yeah. No, you need to continue moving. I mm-hmm. didn't learn that I need to continue moving until probably until I was at my rheumatologist, rheumatologist that I'm at now. Yeah. And so that was probably three years before I got to her. Mm-hmm. And by then I was already in such it, an inflamed body that there was no way that I could have done half you of the stuff. Swollen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was I very was swollen, swollen. Yeah. from fat and other things. Like <laughs> yeah, like you it was a whole thing. That was the difference. Like I don't I didn't feel like you looked fat. I f- you felt like you looked like you were just inflamed. Like you were just like, you know, like it f- looked like you were in pain that was like absorbing out of you. Well, and you I know? was also on high doses of prednisone mm-hmm. at that point in time, mm-hmm. too. Oh, yeah. That's going to blow you up, right? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Prednisone, my line, prednisone, P stands for poison. 
Oh. Prednisone makes you feel amazing. You mm-hmm. feel like 20 bucks on prednisone, mm-hmm. but it causes so many side effects. It's just a band-aid that we put there until we find a real medicine. Mm-hmm. Oh. So yeah. that's just a very important thing to know because people learn that prednisone makes them feel better and then they come. We have drug-seeking problem with prednisone. That's my drug-seeking really? issue at rheumatology office is that patient calling, can I get like a course of prednisone? And then, no. You're like, no, no. No, you need to come in. Yeah, you have to come in. Why Mm. do you want prednisone? We Mm. have to figure out what's wrong and what's not working and find you what will work. Yeah, I was on it for five years straight. And I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I didn't sleep. I felt awful. I had the huge moon face, like Mm -hmm. all of those things. But I could at least move like a little bit. Yeah. And I just want to make a correction. So I did say that when you have like arthritis to move around, if you are in an acute flare, yes, right, that's when you don't want to move around a lot. Okay. So if an acute flare would be for like lupus or rheumatoid arthritis specifically, it's when you have very swollen and painful joints. So I'm not talking about like the chronic situation where everything is controlled. That's mm-hmm. where motion is lotion, right? Mm-hmm. But an acute flare does not want you to move around too much. So that's just something to be okay. mindful. So okay. if, if, so for example, when we go on trips mm-hmm. um, or we're flying on a plane or whatever, my ankles and my feet get so super swollen every time, every single time, at least double the size. Mm. Those are the times that I'm not supposed to be working out. Correct. Well, that is a little bit different okay. because what you're explaining uh, is a situation where you're stationary for a long period of mm-hmm. time and you get ankle swelling. And that's not part of the flare up of your disease. Okay. Okay. So that would be different. No, that if you go for a walk after that, then mm-hmm. that's going to get better. Okay. And inflamed uh, would mostly, especially for, this is again, specific for rheumatology situation, would mm-hmm. be pain in your mm-hmm. knuckles um, right here or your wrists. Or Red your and swollen. swollen and red, swollen. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. I just want to make sure that I was no, on the good. same page. I'm glad you're yeah. asking all the Normally questions. Normally I'll like sit down and elevate my ankles when it yes. happens and drink mm-hmm. lots of fluids and, you know, pee it all out and usually it's good for you know in another day or two but, yeah and then if yeah. you if you like lie flat and then do like a bi- bicycle type of movement for your ankles that oh. would you know be really good too oh yeah. look at okay. that another one mm-hmm. we're building my wow. arsenal that's right, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> all right is there anything else you wanted to add Oh, let's see. Oh my God. I have so so many small little tips. I put in my Instagram account, I have created two parts. So every now and then I share things that your doctor wishes you knew. So I do share a lot of these information there too. We'll have you linked below too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. So, but right now I can't think of anything else. Cool. Uh, well, covered a good if amount. any of the listeners have any questions yes. or anything, can we send them your way? Or yeah, sure. Maybe if we get enough questions, we can do a part two. Right. Or oh, we can do a live. Or yes. we can do a live on yeah. Instagram. Yeah. Yes to all of that. Thank you so, so you, much. Like this was absolutely mind blowing. Yes. And I'm so glad we did this. Um, so eye opening. Because I think there's so much chronic pain, like I said in the beginning, in our community. And it's so important to get that information out there. Yes. So exactly. 
And there's a lot of misconception about it. So it's it's good to have these information and know um, the correct information that people yes. can get. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Go ahead and hang out just for a second. And sure. um, we love you guys. Thank yeah. you so much for listening. And we will see you next time. Bye. <laughs> Hey, listeners, if you've enjoyed your time with us, please rate, review, and subscribe on any platform that you get your podcasts. Also, check us out on patreon.com forward slash OSLP for exclusive content with your favorite girls ever. Yeah. And also, check out our YouTube page. Subscribe, hit that little bell so you get notified when our new videos drop a week after they are released. Yeah, and we would like to give a big thank you to Anne-Marie Cruz for our logos, Eric Vaughn with 17th Street Studios, because he provides our music and our recording yes, space. Yes, Thanks for listening to our Sleep Live podcast, where we are breaking that stigma one episode at a time. 